welcome in Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing okay in this God-blessed, amazing million-dollar studio we are recording <laughs> in today, and we are in no way in shape or form in my parents' basement. So <laughs> before we get going, I did want to mention one thing. There was a um, the kids and I were talking the other day, and we were uh, talking on our way to one of the classes we take about learning new languages because the kids were getting on oh. me. They go to a bilingual school. Yeah. And they keep, I guess, making fun of me behind my back <laughs> saying that they know more <laughs> Spanish than me, which is true. <laughs> and so now they overtook me and they know two languages. I know one and a quarter or something. Yeah. So I invested in Rosetta Stone again. It's now a monthly subscription so I can brush up on my Spanish. Nice. And give a good attempt to being fully bilingual again it's nice, good for you yeah and then so i was like well you know i've always wanted to learn another language but the deal with myself ever since high school was it makes no sense for me to know english and some other language and not spanish yeah so i have to learn spanish to get to another one and the one that we decided on because we were throwing a bunch of things back and forth was well first of all i've always loved japanese culture so Japan, Japanese, the uh, Japanese was always on the map. Oh wow! To learn, yeah, with either myself, with the kids, and then um, Emmanuel voted for German, wow. and I was like, because yeah. I love, I love German language as well. Yeah, but I was like, man, I know I'd get carried away, and we'd probably be that family in the supermarket, like we would be saying the sweetest things, but we'd, <laughs> we would always just start yelling at at each other, and so we were having a great time laughing at that. So. I floated um, Swedish towards the kids, and we brought up some YouTube oh, okay. clips of people talking in Swedish. Okay, and they loved it. So that is going to be hopefully really? wow the language that um, we will be able to learn as a family, the three of us. And nice. one of the points was not only to you know stretch our minds, learn something new, learn a new language, right? But something that isn't very common in the states. Right. So that way yeah. we're, we can just communicate like amongst ourselves. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we had a really good time. Uh, we, we were looking at um, people talking in German and there was some comedians that took it to like they were saying the yeah. nicest things, yeah. but just started yelling, <laughs> yelling at each other. <laughs> so here we go with uh, a new edition of what's on my mind. OK, so these things I've been <clears throat> as I've been reading through the Bible on my journey, something just kind of like this. Or this message has been coming across me a lot. Okay. So I wanted to hit you with a random question. And here it is. If God blesses you with a huge assignment, will it be matched with a huge attack? This is one thing that keeps coming across my plate and I keep hearing from different angles. And I wanted to get your viewpoint on that. I mean, I don't know that it's uh, an, an equivalency. Like, you will always be attacked if you have something to do for God um, as far as a huge attack. I think that we will always face opposition when we're serving the Lord, but uh, I think that God graciously gives us, most people, seasons of, um, you know, maybe seasons of, of prosperity and growth and then some seasons of some really hard uh, trials and there's there's always you know the the trials going on here and there but um not every great work from god is always accompanied by um severe trials day in and day out I, I wouldn't say that any person that follows god doesn't have those at all but um 
they're not always equivalent. I I don't think, but um, you know, you look at the people in the scriptures who accomplished great things for God, and they definitely all went through. Most all of them went through some period of great trial to accomplish that. So you know, like even Jesus, he lived thirty three years. We have very little record of the first thirty years of his life, um, and they don't seem to be fraught with a ton of trial. Um, but the last three were very, very difficult. And uh, you, yes. you look at uh, the Apostle Paul, um, he had some uh, many trials, but he also had great times of uh, where he was flourishing in a community and, and sharing the gospel. And God said to him specifically at least one time, you know, um, you're going to have freedom to, to do the work here. So, um, but I do think if you're attempting something for God, uh, that there is the strong possibility and likelihood that there will be some type of trial that, or opposition that uh, run you run up against. This is what I've been really thinking about um, as we've been going through our Eight Golly Men series, and uh, we'll introduce who we're talking about today. But as of last week's episode with Moses, how you were given his backstory, yeah, and then before he became the Moses that we know, yeah, um, that he was in the wilderness for years you said right like very very long time yeah and so that could have been quote-unquote his trial by fire right so his growth period his season and it just makes me (laughs) like just in my day-to-day passing when things are going crazy in my life and I feel like I'm being yeah um or you know if I remind myself like hey this could be a testing moment right like hey if you prayed for patience this obviously the situation is testing your patience and you can have it grow Mm -hmm. Um, I just often kind of just smile and daydream to myself. It's like, oh man, what if like God was here right now? And he's like, in order to level up in your life, you had to pass the new level in the Mario <laughs> game or something. I'd be like, man, I'd crush that all day. Like right. just sit me in front of a video game or, yeah. you know, something kind of like that, just like super easy that we know and love, but that's never, um, how it is because then how would we grow? We right. would just continually be comfortable. So thank you very much for answering uh, that question. So what do we have for the listeners today? All right. Well, we're continuing our series on eight godly men and the distinguishing factor of each of those men. And today we're talking about David. Uh, So, And really what we're talking about, David, of the distinguishing characteristics of his life is his ability to express his love and uh, worship to God in a way that few other men in the Bible um, are able to do just, you know, the, most of the Psalms and um, a lot were written by him, and they're really emotional things full of just his his pathos for, for God and um, for going through good times and bad times, and um, so he really teaches us how to worship God and, and express our, our emotions to God in a way unlike anybody else, I think, in the Bible. That is, man, all right. Well, I can't wait to dig in. So the first one on the list is he was a worshiper of God. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so David, just his backstory a little bit. You know, he had a, he was a boy of youngest of a big family, and he was responsible for taking care of the sheep. So he had a lot of time uh, out in the wilderness to work on his uh, his music and um, spent a lot of time worshiping God there. And I think 
he started to develop his talent and um, passion for God there in in the wilderness area, kind of like Moses as well. Um, but then when God gave him a specific task, he embraced that, uh, killed Goliath, and won some fame and became part of Saul's army and became very successful in that arena, um, eventually became king over the tribe of Judah and then king of all of Israel, and he ruled Israel for 40 years uh, with um, some success and also some major failures in his life. Um, But God used all of that as he worked through those things in his mind to uh, write the Psalms. So So you've got Psalms of Worship, where he's praising God for um, his his excellent works, for the chance to be at the tabernacle, um, which is where people met with God and sacrificed. And then you have um, him worshiping God and, and crying out to God. You know, David had times where he was running for his life because Saul, who was the king, was his friend um, and relied on David, but then became jealous of David. Um, David became more popular than Saul, and so as a king, he he couldn't he couldn't handle that. Um, so he started to hunt David. So we have Psalms where David just expresses his his uh, trust in the Lord, um, but also his fear of um, of the enemy around him, but knowing that God will protect him in those circumstances and David uh, maintains his integrity through that through that struggle then we have his kingship you know where he worships God and and the role of being king um, but even in his kingship later on near the end of his life his son uh, seizes control of the throne seeks to kill him and his um, followers and David again writes psalms uh, trusting in God uh, in the midst of these trials so just that just like we were talking about your question you know with the the ups and downs of life um, sometimes there's great seasons sometimes there are hard seasons the psalms really teach us how to worship and trust God and and the good times and the bad that is so a couple questions does it ever give uh, a generalization or even more accurate description of how old David was when he faced Goliath? Um, I don't think there's an actual age there, but he was probably um, probably a teenager at that point. Oh, oh man. All right. Because the Bible says that he is a young uh, a youth, and Goliath was a man of war from his youth. So he seems like he was, um, if not... Maybe not a kid, but not definitely not in his thirties. Definitely know. okay. Because I've always wondered about that from interpretation of that. And then the other thing was because when you mentioned how David was hurting sheep and Moses was was he also hurting sheep? As yeah. Well? Mm-hmm. I just pictured like a skit for old sinners new saints. <laughs> like all of a sudden, like your character is just helping my character, and yeah, whatever I'm doing wrong, I'm like, hey man, I'm just I'm not crushing it at life. And then all of a sudden you float the story of Moses and then I see you again and I'm watering the lawn or you're, you're like my neighbor yeah. and I'm watering the lawn. I'm like, yeah, Hey yeah. man, I'm, I'm still not crushing it at life. And you tell me the story of David. And then the next thing you know, as you come jogging by, it's like I bought a bunch of sheep <laughs> <laughs> and that was the message I got from these stories. It's like these two dudes herded sheep and they yeah. crushed it. Like, yeah. So. 
No, I mean, I think the, the theme of shepherding is really... Um, it's huge. It's huge in the Bible. You know, I, you think of the guys we've talked about already, like Abraham, he was... Um, he had livestock and cared for them, and although he had servants do mo- most of it probably, but he was still a man out of the fields and in um, livestock. And uh, so, God Himself uh, calls Himself a shepherd, and so um, you know, pastors today should be are considered shepherds of God's people. So the shepherding motif really uh, flows through the Bible, and Jesus, of course, is called the Great Shepherd. Um, so. It's really, really important um, theme or motif in the Bible. I think it was also because one of the things that I was thinking about it from my perspective, like my newest perspective um, to Christianity, or not Christianity, but just uh, going in all in my faith is like how you have in your house that poster. That's where my mind went right now when you were talking was um, to serve, right? Mm-hmm. And if your flock is serving you, but you're the shepherd of a flock, let's just say sheep, Right. If you have an evil heart or a horrible person, and there's people out there, we have to admit, like that For will sure. abuse animals, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they get nothing or they think they get nothing from their flock. Right. But if you're a, a generous herder and you feed them, you show them love, you're like, you, you're like, hey, you know, you don't whip them, do things like that, they will respond to you. And I think that motif is, is there's many lessons to learn from that. But that message to me was ringing higher than the most is, you don't have to treat these animals nice, but if you choose to, like the way Jesus does and gives us grace, which is defined as mercy that we don't deserve, then, you know, I think that speaks volumes of the character that you build as you become a herder. Like, oh, yeah. Through that. Oh, yeah. I agree. And I think that, you know, we see that pattern in Moses and David um, and, and many other places in, in Scripture and really in life, and you know, as well. Um, God says, you know, if you're faithful and little, then I will give you more opportunity. Just that, just like your work, you know, they don't start someone as the general manager of the, of the, the plant or, you know, the CEO, they start out at a lower level and prove themselves faithful at a certain, to a certain degree. And then they're uh, moved up into more responsibility. So, um, I think that's that's really the one of the themes of the Christian life. When you look at that parable, and God says, "You know, I, I gave you," um, He gives people talents, or or um, in the parable, a certain amount of money, and then they invest that and get a return. And He says, "You've done well with the little I've given you. I, I'm I'm putting you over five cities or ten cities." You know, it's like this life is preparing for greater responsibility in the eternal state. Um, so that's that's a theme of the Christian life as well. Uh, I just wanted to read um, one, you know, a really famous psalm, but it just talks about God's, God as our shepherd, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's David just talking about God and what a merciful and amazing shepherd he is for his people. 
I love it. And I know um, on previous examples, I've joked about how in my current situation uh, through where I work is uh, very stressful, the chaos of it. And one of the people who's been there for a couple of decades, uh, actually, I think one or two shop stewards, actually, uh-huh. they said, you know, we were talking about people's attitudes and it, it's peak season right now. Yeah. Things are going crazy. It's a uh, very little sleep, long hours. Yeah. And someone mentioned, uh, one of them mentioned, they're like, oh, yeah, this place is very, uh, how they call it? They, they're like, it's um, equivalent, not, not equivalent, that wasn't the word he used, but they referred to as being kind of like a, a jail or a prison institutionalized kind of environment oh, okay. because there's like concrete floors. Yeah. There's tons of steel, no daylight. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. Right. Like, and I kind of smiled. And one thing that I keep getting around that place is they're like constantly, they're like, con- like con- and it annoys people. They're like, how are you so happy here? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, cause I come in, I'm smiling and I, and months and months ago I walked in like at 2 AM or something and some woman out of nowhere from the from the previous shift, she like she caught me walking and she goes, You are way too happy to work here. <laughs> Where do you work? And I'm like, No, I work here. You're like, I'm a part time soup over there on in Harbor. Yeah. And so um one of the points and, and like I mentioned to you in our pre production meeting is that I'm starting to say is when they ask, I would always joke around and be like, Dah, whatever you know, or yeah. like yeah. make jokes about it. But the truth of the answer is that that becomes more clear to me especially through peak season each and each and every day when they ask that question is jesus mm. like it's it's who i'm following it's who yeah. gives me that joy and awesome. exactly of yeah. what you just said it's like no matter where i'm at i have him yeah and so that's and i think that is one because people will see me pray there they'll see me do the sign of the cross like as, as i'm walking around they're like what are you doing and i'm like i'm praying yeah. They're like, what are you praying for? I'm praying <laughs> like all heck doesn't break <laughs> loose on this box line. Like, like no one's showing up. We're understaffed. We have over volume. Yeah. Like, you know, things are going haywire. Like I'm praying like, and they're like, why do you pray? And it's like, well, why not? Right. Like, well, <laughs> like I've seen what happens when I don't. Right. I've always seen what happens when I do. And in my head, I don't, you know, explain this fully to them, but it's like, if I pray for an amazing, happy day at UPS and it happens to be that, then great. And then he answered that prayer. If not, and it's the exact opposite, I still pray and give thanks for the lessons because it's like, okay, did I did I quit on my team today? Was I the best supervisor that showed up today? What yeah. could I have done to prevent this? And at some point as I'm going through the process, I whether I want to admit it or not, I could always do more. Right. I could have said something I could have done like in some way, shape or form. And that part of me is is the part that really give thanks because it's like, oh, OK. And the and this is what I was telling someone, too, is the beautiful thing about UPS and working there, especially during peak season in these grueling hours and conditions is if you win like. And we defined a win as loading all the trucks by 9 a.m., right? <laughs> like, it was really bad, but now yeah. we're, we're stacking up some wins. If you win, you get to do it again the next day and challenge yourself the next day. Yeah. If you lose, you still get to go at it again the next day. So it's this, yeah. be, like, now I, I choose to see it that way, but it's this beautiful, beautiful, like, um, trial by fire little cycle yeah, yeah. of who you are. Because if you show up day in and day out, ready to, and we use uh, Sabu and I, it, he'll never listen to this, but I love you, Sabu. <laughs> like, like, 
we show up day in and day out prepping for a football game four quarters the first quarter is the easiest second quarter third quarter it gets a little sketchy fourth quarter it is like it's game time right right and we have to score that touchdown by 9 a.m so if we show up day in day out pushing for that we really get to see who we are as men as as leaders as people as partners and other people you know choose sometimes to not they right. win one day, they lose the next, it carries to the next. Yeah. And that is one lesson that I'm definitely learning above most is to just take each 24 hours as a gift. Just wipe what, yeah. whatever happens. If God wakes you up the next day, that is a new day to do better. Yeah. But it's a choice. Like, mm -hmm. And Lord, <laughs> I apologize, Lord, but he's seen me take many a months off <laughs> ranking up the Netflix hours, right? Just lounging in bed, not doing anything with those days that he woke me up. But now it's like I choose to try to be better each day. And I still fail, but yeah, at least I yeah, know I'm yeah. better today than I was, what is it, December 9th of 2022. Mm -hmm. And that to me like puts a smile on my face and it makes me give thanks even more. That's cool. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, number two was confession to god yeah so we're talking about um david and the the distinguishing characteristics of his life is that he he teaches us how to express our emotions and in worship to god and, and talk to god in the right way um like more than just about anybody else in the bible um going through the whole gamut of emotions and one of the emotions that uh we have to have to really uh, come to grips with as Christians is when we've messed up, how are we, what are we feeling and what are we going to do with that? And, and the Psalms really help us with that, especially uh, Psalm 51 is, is really instructive in that when we, when we sin, uh, what do we do when, when we've done wrong against God? Um, so David in that Psalm teaches us uh, that we need to call it what it is, you know, like, it's so easy when we, when I, at least for me, when I sin to kind of say, yeah, I messed up or maybe uh, that wasn't the right decision or I could have done better there, but we need to call it what it is, you know, like whatever it is that you have done wrong, name your sin to God. That's, that's the idea of confession of saying, I have sinned against you. Like I have whatever it is, I have stolen something or I have, um, lusted or, or whatever that sin might be name that to god confess it to god that that was wrong um and then uh let god know that um you're you're repenting you're turning from that sin and and um and cry out to him and so that that's really the the idea of confession so that when we when we see god working um we see when we're feeling that conviction in, in our hearts, we're turning to God. We're saying, you know, as David does, that um, God have mercy on me. Uh, remove my transgressions. That's my sin. Wash me. Uh, cleanse me from my sin. Um, and that way, when we're coming before God, we're, we're in that state of agreeing with him about what we've done confessing that to him, remembering who he is, and um, and turning back to him. 
He says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And then in verse 11, he says, Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. We don't, as believers today, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but when we sin, we definitely feel that distance between us and God. And he expresses that in a way um, that's really, really helpful, that that distance is... um, is is a problem for a believer and we want that renewed relationship with god that distance closed and the holy spirit um, not grieved in our life and verse 12 he says restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit he's saying you know just i, I i'm saying to you what i've done is wrong i'm leaning in on your mercy i know you've forgiven me and in our case we can say i know you've forgiven me through christ and I, I just love you. I want to get back to that good relationship with you, which is really, really important for us as Christians to, to get a hold of. Every single day, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put that front. <clears throat> <coughs> Sorry, I was choking on my own sin. <laughs> front, and front, and <laughs> front and center. And I was going to say, it was beautiful what you said. Um, another thing is what, what came to my forefront is this is one of the reasons... I love being around my kids the most Mm. is because through them as a a single parent right now, I just very easily almost have no time to sin when I'm with them. Yeah. When they're, when I'm without them, there's a lot more downtime. I have a lot more time to sin. I listen to different music, watch different movies. My mind starts rambling it's hard to drift off. So the ratio is definitely, I know, I don't know what it is, higher when they're not here than when they are. Yeah, and when yeah. they are here, then we're constantly doing things, uh, reading the Bible, homework, art, video games, uh, exercise, martial arts, church, like all this type of stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I I, uh, I greatly notice that difference, like when they're here and how much closer I feel to God or or the Holy spirit. And just, I just feel happier Yeah. because I know when I look back or when I, when I rest my head on my pillow at the end of the day, it's like, Oh, I didn't do this, do this or that. And it feels better. And I just, I want to be able in some way, shape or form for God to help me carry that for when they're not here Yeah. or even go the other way. Even when they're not here, be as better, right? Through discipline. Yeah. More discipline to not do these things that'll displease God. Yeah. Than when they when then when they are. So I'm very much looking forward um, to that growth because on the other side of that <coughs> is, you know, peak season removed and with the hours and everything that's going on. It's like I picture I have the vision of a better Chris, right? Like one who's chipping away more at the show. Yeah. Texting you again about more ideas. I'm working on the wedding videos that I have to edit, working on the sauce, working on more different things. Yeah. Then um, giving into uh, sloth like like, you know, watching. I've been watching Seinfeld again, oh, which, yeah. which I love. But it's um, uh-huh. I just came across the the episode. It I I <laughs> I must watch this episode on repeat, but I think it's in season seven or eight to where I think it's called the it actually <laughs> right on that. I'm right on God's time and called the confession. Oh, okay. So, um, 
I forgot to get uh, Spader. James Spader plays this character going through the 12 steps of AA. Okay. And he apologizes to everyone but George. Okay. And he made fun of George. He made this joke about George having a big head stretching out his sweater at a Christmas party. (laughs) And George wants a confession. And the part that kills me every time is that through this episode, George goes into anger management. Like, like he flip-flops because the oh, guy's yeah. going through his 12 steps, but he ticks George off so much <laughs> by not giving him his, like, uh, his apology yeah. that George finds himself in an <laughs> anger management program. And the way he starts screaming in this group and stuff like that and calling him out is just hilarious. But, um, but yes, like, just reaching that level of, of higher discipline and becoming go- closer to God and um, definitely one of them we keep talking about on the show one day i'll hopefully be on the show and say that i did it every day but just read the bible every day yeah consistently i yeah. do that with the kids how come i don't do that with myself why isn't it a priority when when i'm alone and mm-hmm. then the same thing happens and it kills me as i start to go to sleep it's like if i lay down and my bible is right next to my bed it's like oh you know what just going to rest my head for 10 minutes. I will get to it. That's exactly what I tell myself. Yeah. I hit play on something. I pass out. I wake up the next morning. First thing I do is I pray and I give thanks to God for waking me up. Uh, Hopefully have a great day. Sorry for not reading the Bible. Right. And it's like that, that starts to chip away at me. Yeah. No, but I think that's, 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 that's where all of us are and that we have areas in our life where, we need to grow, <clears throat> and God's working on us to grow. And so um, Psalm 51, verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So when we're going through those feelings of you know, um, guilt and um, frustration or when we have not pleased God, I think that is really a time where we can just say, God, I, I humble myself before you, and um, God says, if you're if you are truly broken and humble before Him in those regards, He's not going to despise or think little of that. He is going to um, see that. But then I think we need to take the next step and say, How am I going to be different? You know, like you're talking about earlier, yeah. how am I going to be different today than I was yesterday? If I know I'm continually failing in this area what can i change or how can i grow and um that's that's true change is is not just saying we're sorry but you know like um putting into practice what we want to happen and and god will help us do that but it's definitely not easy yes all right third on our checklist of items is love of god's word yeah so another unique aspect of david's life is his is his passion for the law uh so or for um, the word of god so david writes for us what is the um, quintessential psalm in the bible on the word of god that's psalm 119 it's the longest chapter in the bible and it's just full of references to god's words or his commandments or his testimonies or his statutes whatever you want to call them. And David just goes on and on about how wonderful God's laws are and how great his statutes are. And that certainly is some of the fuel for David's uh, relationship with God is his, um, his love for the word of God. Because I, I know that God spoke to him through 
the portions of the Bible that he had at that time. And David was keen to understand and know the scriptures and, um, and to love them. Because in loving the Bible, um, we're not just loving a book. We're loving the person behind the book. Yes. You know, like um, the same with a letter from a loved one. It's not that you love the piece of paper or the words necessarily. You love the person who wrote you that letter, um, and and their thoughts are what's important to you. So David in in Psalm 119 just lays out for us uh, what it is to love God's Word and to dedicate our lives to keeping God's law. That's... uh Man, it's a pretty impactful episode. Well, they all are, but this one's been hitting <laughs> three bullet points. The how David, what what his highlights were. He was a worshiper of God, confessor to God, and and his love of God word. It's definitely, I don't know, the right time and pli- place hitting into Christmas. It's definitely yeah got me emotional with the whole thing going on. So I can't, I can't wait. Speaking of which, have you gotten your Christmas tree? Oh, we have an artificial tree. Oh, right. <laughs> so. I take the axe to the garage, <laughs> chop down the chop it down from the rafters and uh, set it up. How long have you How long have you had it? Uh, we've had ours for I think this is our second or third Christmas with this tree. All right. So when we got married in two thousand eight, I don't know how long ago that was. <laughs> what is this year? I'm horrible at um, that. <laughs> it's 2023, so whatever that is. Um, we had a Walmart special that was like, we still have it actually. It's like a foot and a half tall with fiber optics. All right. So all that right. was our first Christmas tree <laughs> in our 400 square foot apartment. And then um, we upgraded to a four foot tree, <laughs> which we still have. Um, that was our first um, artificial tree. And then a couple years ago, I, th- I think it's like two or three years ago, we, we upgraded to a seven foot nice. uh, artificial tree with all the lights already strung. Um, so now we have a, we have the, the seven foot tree, which is like the nice tree. Yeah. So it has like nice decorations and stuff all on right. it. And then we have the four foot tree, which is the kid's tree. All right. Where there's like uh, <laughs> my picture of Buddy the Elf in a globe and <laughs> that kind of stuff is on the kid's tree. Do you have any, so speaking about when you're talking about uh, 2008, um, I am notoriously bad at math because I don't even try. It's yeah. one thing I do not <laughs> like. And I constantly, at least once a week within a seven day period, I'll get a call from my boss, my supervisor, Brian. He'll never <laughs> listen to this, but I love the guy anyway. He'll be like, um, he'll be like, are you trying to mess me up again? I'll be like, what are you talking about? He goes, you really need to go back to school, man. Like, y- you're you're not adding your breaks and your lunches at the same time. And I'm like, you know, I did. I clocked in at 2.30 every two hours. That's 4.30. I have yeah. my break. And then between the fourth and fifth, oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like I didn't put my lunch in the right spot. I'm sorry. I fixed it. I fixed it. He's like, good. Yeah. So that's a running like inside joke. And then even Sabu today was like, I was, I was, you know, I was filling out my time card and I was like, so is this where my lunch goes? He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and so it's like he was reading the, the rule off to me. I think it was two, four, six or something like that. Okay. So two hours yeah. is a break. Four is a lunch. Six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was just like, it's two, four, six. And I'm like, two, five, one. He's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> California law, you yeah, got to Cal- take that lunch before the 
end of the I don't know, what's like the beginning of the fifth hour or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for us it's uh between the fourth and fifth hour. Okay. Uh just to be safe. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're about to go. I think we usually get ours from Lowe's. But oh yeah, yeah. Down the street there was another store, uh, Save Mart, some grocery store, okay. and they had them pretty cheaply there, and they're around the size that we got. But I'm super excited. So speaking of progression, I am way better this year than last year. So uh-huh. we hung the lights. I think a week before Christmas, they were already up, like after Thanksgiving. Nice. So I did. I did better about that. I brought down the decorations that same day because that's where the lights were. So at least they're not up, (laughs) but at least I brought them down. Brought them down. And today we're getting the tree. And I think it was last year, the night. Oh, yeah. It was like December 20th and we got the tree. Yeah. So like it was on super sale or whatever. So I'm I'm definitely chipping away (laughs) and, and, you know, hitting these dates and times. Good, uh, good. That's always fun with the kids putting the tree up and getting that. Have you ever went and cut, cut your own one down? Have you guys ever done that? There was one in my neighbor's yard. (laughs) (laughs) Are we past the statute of limitations? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I don't. We may have done that once or. Yeah, we did that once or twice when I was a kid. But as a family, we haven't done that. We did it one year and it was it was a pretty cool adventure. I just I don't remember why it wasn't. uh, I still have pictures of it, but I don't remember why. Okay. We never went back. There was something to where I was like, yeah, you know what? It's not, it's not as, um, it wasn't, it didn't play out like it did in my head, right? It wasn't the adventure. Well, and for us, most of our married life, we've been out here and all of our family is East Coast. Oh, gotcha. So at Christmas time, we had been, um, flying, you know, so there's like, yes. We didn't want to spend a lot of money on tree and decorations and stuff when we'd be gone the weeks of Christmas, but, Last couple of years we've been here, which has been, we enjoy seeing family, but Christmas is such a hectic time to travel that it's, uh, we've kind of, it's, it's been better for us. And I think for our family not to be there at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, did you ever figure out what you wanted for Christmas? You asked me last week, but I don't know if we came up with answers. So I, you can take my man card for this okay. if you want, but <laughs> we were up at, um, we were up at, a. Uh, Nevada City this week, and my wife got me a really cool pottery mug. So I like it. I was like, I was pretty stoked about that. I like so. it. No, <laughs> I I invested for myself this last paycheck in two. They're not Yetis, but I could just call them Yetis. Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah. But my um my boss was uh, making fun of me, or at least he was looking out for my uh, everlasting health uh-huh. because he he opened he saw the inside of my um, disposable cups because mm. how how I do it in the morning since I'm fasting in the morning is you can only have like tea coffee or water right so i went back to the french press that's my little guilty pleasure to myself there you go fill up two disposable cups take it to work and they always see me and they're like hey you're double fisting well whatever right (laughs) and so (laughs) so he saw the inside of my cup and the lining was coming off right they were super cheap and they're not supposed to because you start to you know that goes to your system so he's like you need to get two two mugs so i was like fine so i got um two of them they saw them today, and of course, in true UPS fashion, all my coworkers thought I stole them. <laughs> so if a box is open and the item falls out, you have to take it to this section called Overgoods. Oh, okay. And I get I don't know what they do with it, but I'm guessing they try to figure out, you know, they look in the system, yeah. repackage it, send it on its way. 
So someone was like, oh, man, these are nice. Like, oh, you got two of them? These over goods? I'm like, no, man. Like, I just I just bought those. Like, yes, I'm stealing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm stealing, on. yeah. <laughs> One coffee mug at a time. So, But, yeah, that was my little um, treat to myself. However, my own complaint is, and this is, this is not even a complaint, but uh, – it really does keep your beverages like hot oh, yeah. forever yeah. to the point to where like, so I was used to the old system. I French press it here. By the time I get, it's about a 20 minute commute to work. It'll cool down enough to where I can safely drink it, but it's still hot. Yeah. And then as soon as I hit the warehouse, they instantly freeze and I'm drinking iced coffee throughout the rest of the day. So I thought the same thing. I went <laughs> to go take a sip of it, burnt my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. So, I forgot that my, my daughter was like, she's making fun of me. She's like, yeah, Papa, you didn't read the label. Keeps it hot or cold for 24 hours. I'm like, well, you know, where were you this morning? I don't want 24 hours. Yeah, it's like, I don't want 24 hours. So uh, thank you so much, Ben, for coming to our beautiful million-dollar studio in Malibu, California. Yeah, Can anytime. Any <laughs> Can you end us with a prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Lord God, thank you to... Thank you for the ability to talk about your word. Thank you that you hear us and you know that we are emotional creatures as you have made us that way. And so you give us the scriptures to help us understand how to deal with um, the emotions. And uh, thank you that we can worship you. Thank you that you hear our, our prayer and you forgive our sins. And thank you for the word that you've given us to study and know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Ben.